This episode of the Turf District Podcast is brought to you by ATB. With ATB Cares, giving is easy. Donate through ATB Cares and ATB will match 20% of every dollar donated to eligible Albertan charities, maximizing the impact of your donation. Visit atbcares.com to choose your cause and donate today. Enjoy the show. Hey, fellas, we ain't gonna ever back down from nobody. I don't care who it is. This is a brotherhood. And if we stand strong together, we can't be denied. If one of us go down, we have another, and another, and another that's ready to fight. So let's hit this field and bang them, bang them, bang them. Somebody light me up. It's time to huddle up. Turf District Podcast. District, where we huddle up to talk all things Edmonton Elks and the CFL, and we are a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported, and we are also a part of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome into the district tonight, and uh, we have an amazing guest, and uh, the season is done. Grey Cup is finished. Uh, we are going to talk a bit about that uh, and so much more on the show tonight. Uh, first, let's go to our my regular co-hosts, my my best buds, uh, all the people that are regularly here, starting with the one way out west who uh, very kindly had me over to his place for watching this game and swearing at the TV. Super fan, Mike. Yeah, a lot, a lot of this and this and then none of that. I don't know. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a game. I mean, at the beginning, I thought, oh, this is going to be trouble. And hey, they made it a pretty exciting final game. So it was, it was actually. You know, was, congrats was... to the uh, Blue Bombers on winning back to back. Hasn't um, been done in a while, about ten years. Do you, uh, do you need a drink after that? Because that's that must have been hard to say. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. Good. <laughs> Still tastes great. Um, yeah. I mean, you can't argue anytime it goes to overtime. The, obviously, teams are pretty well matched. Uh, I did feel bad, obviously, for the the fans in Hamilton who yeah. were, uh, you know, you haven't had a game in your city for 25 years, and then when you do, you're in it, and oh, that's a tough one to swallow. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, we'll we'll detail that out in a little bit. But, there we will. Uh, first, let's go to uh, the Christmas zone and welcome in Commissioner Kayla. I like. I like. Can't hear me apparently. Oh, I really? Well, you know what? Uh, everyone's going to get a great rendition of uh, what you thought of the game later. But uh, this is why we have Ivea running in the background. Hi, Kayla. Hi. And I'm much too close, apparently. Oof. <laughs> you're much too close? Oh, I Look, think you're fine. I, I think you're fine. Like no. I said, you're in the Christmas zone. You can be as close as you want. Yes, well, I don't want to be that close. Come on. <laughs> okay. All right. It's about social distancing in every area of my life. 
<laughs> Social distancing. Kayla's regular life. Okay, that's before right. it was cool. Before... <laughs> Trendsetter. It's lovely. Yeah, uh, guys, we have an amazing guest this evening. Yes, we do. Uh, joining us once again, uh, of course, in the virtual turf district this time, but the first time on the video pod, uh, it is uh, our good friend number ninety-three, Earth Quaku Boateng. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. How you doing? Doing, doing very well. Doing very well. Oh, Hank, look at this. Neat. I, I decided to put Commissioner Kayla up in the top of your screen for some reason. I'm not sure why I decided to do that. Just hold, please, while we fix that. There we are. Look, nope, she's still there. She didn't really like to. Uh, yeah, everyone likes to look at Kwaku and Kayla at the same time. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she does subtitles. It's yeah, Kayla. I hope you can. You do ESL up there. Can you? Uh, can you just do the sign language part just while Kwaku talks? You just. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. I, I can't wait for so Kwaku. Um, the first question that definitely comes to mind is. Um, is it really hula hoops, Kayla? ESL that. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I think we found the new feature of the show is Kayla trying to do the sign language in the talk. Oh, but yeah, like if you look at it, um, it originated from Saki Mike Raleigh back in I think 2019. In yeah. BC, um, and I was just used to, at that, at that point. I was like, man, I'm tired of always doing the bat swing, right? I want to have something additional to that because I want to, you know, ins- inspire myself to get more than one sack, right? So it's like, okay, if the more I draw, more celebrations I draw up, the more it encourages me to get sacks. You know what I mean? So it's almost like a mental like catalyst for me. So I just told the boys, I'm like, man, I'm just gonna hop and do a hula hoop. And just throw that thing, and then everyone was like, "No, you're not." Like that doesn't make any. Like they came and they couldn't even comprehend what I was even talking about. So I was like, "Watch, I'm gonna get a sack this week." And it's Mike Riley, and I tell everyone, everyone knows I love Mike Riley because he holds on to that ball. So I love him so much. As a pass rusher, you want a quarterback that's confident enough to stay in the pocket and deliver that ball. So um, whenever we play Mike Riley, I'm I'm amped up, and uh, I'm glad I was able to pull out that hula hoop celebration, and then the hula hoop celebration, you know. So it's for E. It's E. It's for everyone. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, it's hula hoops. It's just sometimes, you know, I just get lost in the hula hoop. You know what I mean? So, but overall, it's just a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun just to um, go out there, get sacks, and celebrate with my teammates. Calvin says, uh, we had Calvin McCarty on last week, and he says, can you please tell Kwaku to uh, stop that? Because I have to explain it, or I'm going to get Uncle Kwaku to explain it to my daughter. (laughs) 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 No, you don't need to watch that. You stay stay, stay over here. Uh, Yeah. All right, let's let's get a little bit more serious, but um, because I do want to talk about the the big game, but... um, We'll talk a bit about this past elk season. Um, now there was lots of changes in coaching for you this year. Lots of changes, of course, with all the different protocols. Lots of different players. Um, you still had Coach Maxi though. So um, tell us about your relationship with him and and having that bit of consistency as uh, in a, in a season that was definitely a, a lot of other turmoil. Yeah, I think with a lot of moving pieces throughout the years, um, having Coach Maxi as um, that fixed uh, component to it uh, has been a huge blessing. 
I know not just for myself, but also for my my teammates as well. It's just um, nice to create almost like a family feel, regardless of what's happening outside of our D line room. Um, we really just beat to our own drum, you know what I mean? And we've we've seen it on tape when when our D line is able to get consistent pressure um, or or get get after the running back, get behind there. It changes the whole the dynamic of the game, regardless of whether the offense is spark, sparking or, or going off and out, or the, the secondary is helping us. So it changes the whole game, right? So we take that um, to 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 a new level with Maxi. And Maxi, I think one of the best things that people don't get to see is that he's able to manage a room very well. And in a time where everyone, you know, everyone's used to getting a lot of sacks on our D line, like historically in the past. Three years we've been over the past yeah past, past three years we've been either number one or number in the top five in sacks right so to be in a situation where we're not scoring points we're not able to um, stop offenses we're not able to win these games we're not being put in position to get sacks you know a lot of to be in a room full of guys like that it's gonna be tough you know what I mean there's gonna be egos clashing and all that because at the end of the day we all we all know why we're we're here we're here to get sacks and help the team win you know win games and whatnot so. Just, just he's just able to control the room very well, um, and I think it just goes back to just having that consistent uh, coach there or that consistent flow where everyone just trusts him and he trusts us. So um, it made it it made the season a bit easier to bear. But at the end of the day, you know, we all know we're here to win games and whatnot. But he definitely made it a bit easier to bear this season. That's awesome. Um, well, we did have the consistency in the coaching room uh, for the first time in nine years. We didn't have a very big presence in the middle of that line with, uh, obviously, a, a good friend of yours, Kwaku, Mondo Sewell. Kwaku does love all. himself. Come on now. I'm morph, morph into G.I. Joe looking at... Right. <laughs> <laughs> Robots <laughs> in disguise. Depends on the down, but carry on. <laughs> So with with Mondo gone, how has that been for you both as as a player and personally? Honestly, I think uh, first off, I think Jake 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 does a great job at the one tech spot for sure. Um, and I, it's a, it's a tough spot to play in, and he's been able to be so dominant at that position, especially when he's able to migrate to the three tech spot. But um, obviously, having Mondo around, someone that's an all star, someone that's been in the league for so long. Um, he, he takes so much attention away from the rest of the D-line. And I didn't understand that until he left, right? So you don't know what you have until it's gone. <laughs> I knew I knew how valuable he was, but um, to be on that boundary side alone or with J- with Jake now, it was a different dynamic uh, throughout the whole – throughout how they – how they would – how the O-line would scheme. They would pick and choose who, who they would double and whatnot. But with Mondo there – it's like they didn't pick and choose, <laughs> right? So it's like if if they don't double me, right? Um, if, if they if they double me, then Mondo's one on one with whoever, and that that's a surefire win, right? Right. So um, not having Mondo around kind of changed the dynamic. But I think that having our rookies like um, Costigan come in, right? Yeah. And dominate the edge. At that point, as an O line, um, who are you really going to double, right? So I think that. Yeah, we lost a big key uh, player on our D line, but we started we started getting efforts from different places that we did we did we probably didn't think we would get that fast uh, from these young guys. So I think that everything is going out well for the for the Elks right now, especially on the D line. So and to piggyback that on what Andrew said before about Maxi, I th- I hope that all that stays the same because there's a, there's a great D line with the Elks right now. 
for sure. Yeah, agreed. 100%. Agreed. I don't, I don't can't speak for the dudes, but I know for me, I want to keep Maxie around. So oh, <laughs> I'm in that same camp. As the Elks organization, we've been blessed with a phenomenal, I would say phenomenal defense for the last couple of years at least. And, you know, Thorpe is a a big contributor to that. As far as this season goes, you know, the defense really did carry the team a lot of the games. But how was Thorpe compared to other coaches in your life? How would you kind of categorize, like, how how each of those coaches impacted who you are as a player today? You mean um, just just in the league or just in the CFL or um, all my coaches? Your life. Go for it. Uh, uh, yeah, Coach Coach Thorpe, um, in my head, he, he, he likes an aggressive defense. Um, he's very detail-oriented. Um, he just looks at the game from a very X and O kind of standpoint. And um, I think that with, with, the, with the guys that we have on our defense um, – we did our best to, to get after the quarterback. We did our best to uh, protect the, the deep ball. And uh, at the end of the day, I think that he's, he's a very detail-oriented coach that he just takes the game to a different level. So um, that's what I really learned about having him as a DC is that you got to re- he really cares about attention to detail. So you got to look at the defense in the different lens for the first time, at least for me, in certain, in certain circumstances. Did that, did that mean a lot more – film study type thing when you were with Thorpe in comparison? No, it's like literally like, I mean, attention to detail in the sense of if we're going to come off the edge or on a blitz, let's say it's making sure that our first step is pointed more 45 degrees angle to quarterback, like literally to a point where it's like X's and O's on a piece of paper. You know what I mean? Very, very detail oriented. Right. So, um, and that's just how he rolls. So, and, uh, you see, you saw how our defense performed. So, um, yeah, it's just more so about just, yeah, really, really about our angles, really, really about um, every step counts and exactly which angle you're going at it. So, and a lot of film on, especially on special teams as defense. So just, just different, he just takes the game to a different level or a different perspective. Okay, cool. cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, we'll get back into more elk stuff in a, in a minute, but I do want to talk about uh, the game a little bit with a, a guy who knows something about it. Now, I, I know it's never the guys that aren't in the game. I know it's not their favorite game to watch. <laughs> I understand that, but um, but you still you still have a totally different perspective than we do. So um, you know the Grey Cup. Um, as as I was watching it, I was thinking, okay. You said that Mike, like the Hamilton got the home team got up, and we thought, oh my, how is this gonna go? And then uh, that fourth quarter and that wind just changed everything. So um, now you've you've played in Hamilton before, you've played in other games before. Have you ever played in a game that had that kind of wind? Because I I think that played a huge role in this game. Um, not that not that I, c- I can recall, but. We've definitely played in some harsh weather. You know, I mean, even when we played Winnipeg um, up until like two a.m. or three a.m. the morning of. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Right, and uh, when we played, uh, Sa- I think every year I've played in SAS since twenty seventeen, um, it's been above twenty two, twenty three degrees. Ne- uh, sorry, below negative twenty twenty two <laughs> degrees. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. So like we played in some harsh games, and uh, and that's the thing about football. You know what I mean, like. 
especially when you play outside of like when you play outside and seven in a dome, really you just got to go through the elements and that's what makes the game so much more fun to watch. I think. Yeah. Fun to watch. Not so fun to play. No, no, I understand, <laughs> especially when it's raining and all that. But again, it just makes the it swings the pen, pen, pendulum. You know what I mean? It just what well, what what uh, scouts or what uh, betters would think would be the the winner or whatnot. And sometimes when you change the elements, it Dundalk can actually prevail from it because it might suit them better. So I think again, it just allows the game to be free flowing yeah, and have those random wrench wrench games where like it doesn't go as planned. Yeah, well, this one had a few moments like that. That's for sure. Um, super fan, give me your breakdown of the of the game. What stood out for you, and and what would what, if you have any questions for Quaku, just add them in. Uh, for me, I was just really impressed by the defense on the Hamilton side. We have the two of the the you know top five defenses in the league this year uh, playing against each other. So I guess we shouldn't have been too surprised. But, um, yeah, it seemed to be just the back and forth and all the two and outs from both Winnipeg and Hamilton. Uh, it, it surprised me. Even with those strong defenses, I thought they'd yeah. have, figure out some way to to uh, move the ball a little more. But, I mean, like you said, I think that win paid a big thing. And then the end of the game, I think they're going to be debating that call to take the knee in the end zone when you're down by two to make it down by three. And now, I mean, especially on a kick where you've still got maybe 20, 25 yards before anyone's there. Um, maybe run it out, see if you can get to the 25 and go. But now all of a sudden you're not playing for the win, you're playing for a tie with a field goal and sending it to overtime. But, you know, if if uh, Ackland makes a catch in the end zone, then it's a moot point. But I think there would be a lot of people still talking about that from this day on. And, and even mm-hmm. O'Shea said he thought it was the right call, but, you know. Well, of course he never did. Know. He won. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course he loved it. Yeah, please. <laughs> Take the point. Yes. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I just put a hat and a giant beard on me and I'll show you exactly what he did. <laughs> fantastic. We'll find that filter. Yeah, exactly. Quake, like I I I don't know is that do you think that that was Do you think well, two questions that I have on that. One is they're on their backup, backup returner. <laughs> so I know no one will ever, ever admit it, but was did he just do it because he thinks that's what he's supposed to do? Or was he told to do it? That, that was an, did, did anybody hear anything about that? I don't think they're going to throw blame at anybody, but yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think anyone would ever would throw him, throw him under the bus either. So yeah. um, we would never, we'll never know. You know what I mean? Um, right. yeah, we'll never know. We'll never know. Yeah. But it was that, like when that happened, did you do the same as uh, like I know Mike and I were both like, "What? What? Why? Why did you do that? Or or are you going with what the coaches are saying?" And that yeah, and, and I think that um, I have I have, a, I have a kind of a like um like a like a some something I always say. What well, what's that term? What's the term? Like a uh, motto. Like a motto. Yeah, where it's like if you're like if you're entrusting someone to do his job. You got to trust them the whole way. You know what I mean. So if, if I'm on if I'm on Hamilton's team and that's my coach and he says that I got to go like that. He's he sees it further than I do. You know what I mean. Whether he believes that um, the person on the field can't do it for him or whatever it may be, he has a reason behind it. You know what I mean. He's getting he's getting to pay paid the big bucks for a reason. And I doubt he would um, try to jeopardize. You know what I mean. This opportunity on a bad call. But again, you know, we will never know what what was actually told or what was actually instructed to happen. But either way, I think if um, 
if I'm if I'm a true Hamilton fan, I gotta go. I gotta ride or die with whoever is out there. That's just how I see things, though. Hmm. That's that's a good point. All right, Kamish, what are your thoughts on the big game? Well, I mean, <laughs> that's a big swallow to start. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm really honestly so happy and proud of Mazzoli, of course, as a fangirl of him and he came out he came out and played a monstrous game especially when they told him he wasn't going to start it was dane evans he completely and wholeheartedly backed up dane evans was a true teammate and then just so happened evans was playing mm, okay fine and then got hurt and then mazzoli came out and just he came out swinging so i i mean i couldn't have asked for anything more from holy mazzoli so i was really excited about that so kayla um, do you do you think do you, do you think they win if Mazzoli starts the game? Oh, I. I <laughs> said That's a loaded question. Huh? Of course, yeah. my yes, yes. <laughs> okay, Who interesting. Who knows? So you would have left Mazzoli in in Toronto as well. Uh, I like the duo though. I think that Mazzoli probably wouldn't have showed up like he did if he would have played that last game. I, okay. Personally, I think that not being a starter and then getting his opportunity pushed him to be successful in this game as he was personally. That's just kind of how I looked at it or how I saw it. Cause Mazzoli is, he can be very hit and miss, but when you put him in a situation where he needs to perform, he needs to perform. Yeah. All right. So that's- another question. So if you're the GM right now, who are you keeping? Are they both on a one-year contract right now? Yep. Yeah, they're both up. They're both up at the Who end of this keeping? year. You gotta keep. You gotta take one. I'll let you answer first, Commissioner. Oh. I got a couple oh, yeah. of ideas on this, but I want to hear what you say because I want to watch you stress about it for a minute. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, honestly, I, I'm. I think they'd keep Dane Evans. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I think they would. Uh, he's just younger. He, they've got a bit of a longer stretch to go forth with him. He's. He's good. He's got a lot of growing up um, potential. But that being said, I mean, we need a quarterback. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's, fair. that's, that's fair. where that's where it's going. Um, uh, see, and uh, like I, I agree with you. If they have to pick one, it, I'd probably go with Dane, just young, younger dude. But, mm. um, but it, honestly, after Sunday, it depends on what how bad is that injury. Like he was out for how many games because of a neck injury. And then he went out in this game because of a neck injury and, and how, what can they do about that? Right. And we can't discount the leadership of Mazzoli, but Mike, you and I both said on Sunday, um, whatever team that either of those guys play for, it would be better if there was a different starter and they always came in halfway through the first quarter because they're, they're better at coming off the bench than they are. Well, this year. Yeah. Yeah, like it's crazy, right? Although, I mean, Mazzoli seemed to do pretty well here. That's, that's um, fair. Uh, okay, we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> I mean, this is the guy, we brought him into the league, right? He came in with Edmondson, and he just seems to save up those special games playing against the green and gold. Yeah. So maybe if he was playing for the green and gold again, you know, <laughs> him and Arbuckle rotating, come on, that could be a pretty good combination. See? I'd be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, commissioner's always excited. And he's not playing against us. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Kwaku, which one do you keep? Or which one do I keep? Yeah. Um, 
I think, yeah, I, I think you guys are right in terms of they'll probably keep Dan Evans, um, mainly because uh, I think once they once they made a choice to put him in against Toronto, they made their choice for the future. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In a, in a position like that, if you throw him in against Mazzoli, you're saying that when all the chips are up or like when I'm up, when I'm up against the wall, I'm putting in Dane Evans. That's what yeah. you're pretty much saying. You know what I mean? So, cause if you, if you go in, if you go into that game in Toronto and they lose, then I would say, okay, then it's really a chess match that you don't really know who they would keep. Right. Cause they yeah. still lost, but for them to put them in any one, it's like, it's awkwardness for you to go. You know what I mean? That's how I would see it. So um, yeah, I, 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 w- I would, yeah, I would probably take Dan, Dan Evans from Hamilton just because they made the ch- their choice already against mm-hmm. Toronto. But uh, yeah, so I would also love to see if Mazzoli is interested in, um, you know, coming out to Edmonton. But uh, yeah, that's gonna be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you tired, I'm tired of, of I'm tired of seeing him <laughs> two piece us on the D line. Like he's one of the worst quarterbacks to get after because he's so agile but so thick, like so big. Um, you know what I mean? Hard to take down. So it's like, it's annoying to deal with him. So <laughs> to have him on our side would be helpful. <laughs> That's an interesting perspective. Yeah, I like that. Um, more. Thanks a lot, Kwaku. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Kwaku does. He comes on and makes us think. It's fantastic. <laughs> been doing that for years. I've been doing that for Um Okay, so then my next part, uh, as we as we are talking about the game, uh, just because I'd like to talk about the game as a whole, but um, halftime show, anybody? Yay, nay, what'd you think? Yeah. I think it was solid. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're trying yeah. to attract that 20 to 30s crowd, this is a band that is very popular in the college crowd era. And that's if that's the case, then, I mean, if it was me, my choice is always going to be you bring in the biggest Canadian name you can, I would be going after Drake. Like if you had Drake playing halftime, how many people are that are not football fans are watching this game? Fair. But Millions. I don't know whether I don't know whether Drake would uh would do it without you don't think so? No, I don't think so. Cause if he does he I think he's probably aspiring to do a Super Bowl. Right. Right. You know what I mean? So in a way it would be like I think it'd always be and plus to even discuss it, let's see if we'd have to pay chunks of money. Like not even yeah. chunks, like oh yeah, <laughs> boatload. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yachts worth of money. You know what I mean? So I think it would be that would be awesome for sure. And I've always and a lot of uh, players always ask. Drake is one of the big, especially Americans. Like Drake's one of the biggest artists yeah. in the world, and he's from Canada. Why don't you guys ever get him? I'm like, one, I'm sure that. They've tried, but it's just way too expensive. And another question is, would he do even do it? Right. I mean, we had the Black right. Eyed Peas first, right? Black Eyed Peas played a great cup in 05, and then they played the Super Bowl a few years later. So, hey, I mean, it could be a good stepping stone, right? That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Well, and Black Eyed Peas, you said in 09, I was? 05. 05? Okay, so they're still in their prime. Yeah. yeah they were. Prime. Yeah. And we got them first, right? So they're still why not? Prime. Get Drake here. And a few years later, you can do the Super Bowl, and that's fine. I do agree that if you do get someone like Drake, it changes the whole um, – yeah. the numbers should go up. But – and it would put interest onto the um, onto the league. Right. Yeah. Uh, do you think he costs more than Hanson? <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. I know he costs more than that. I was like, 
that was, that was completely for the laugh. That's the, yeah, that, yeah. That's there's nothing more than that. That was uh, that's good. Yeah, um, I, I will say uh, I. <laughs> As long as my team isn't in it, I, I love it when the Grey Cup goes to overtime. I I, I, just, I love the format. I love the intensity. I love all those things. Um, so I, I liked that part of the game. Um, I, I hated that it wasn't just the walk-off field goal for the win, but, but the uh, but it was uh, but the, but overtime is exciting. Um, now, Quaku, what do you think of overtime in general? Being being a player. Like, is that like, okay, let's go? Or is it like, oh my God, really? Like, how, yeah. you... Overtime is like, it depends. If you're the underdog, it's it's the final two rounds of a fight or the final round of a fight where you, you know what I mean? You, you're the underdog where you, you have the stamina, you see the champion kind of fatiguing, you know what I mean? So it's a different mentality for the underdog. But if you're the top dog, you're supposed to be the one that's supposed to win this game, you're... You know what I mean? You're not look, you're, you're put you're put in a weird position. But I've always seen it as when you go to overtime, especially with the rules where um, you score a touchdown, you basically win the game, right? Right. Score a touchdown, you win the game, field goal. You know what I mean? So it really comes down to the coin flip. So at that point, it's not really about me and you, mono mono, playing football. It's really we're adding a different element to the game, which is this chance, right? Which you know what I mean? Which is chance. The the first coin flip is not as important as. The second, if there is a second corn flip, it's not as crucial as a second corn flip. You know what I mean? Right. So I think it adds a different level to the game where it's like, if offense, if you go up against like an offense, like especially to 2019's Hamilton's offense, or um, even now Winnipeg's offense, let's say, and they get an opportunity like that on a de- even a decent defense, they might score. And now, what, our offense didn't even get a chance to participate? You still get to play. No, they get oh, a chance to play. Got, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, yeah. NFL, you still get a chance. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, the NFL you have to, if you score a touchdown, touchdown right? Yeah. yeah. If you score a touchdown, it's over in the NFL. Yeah. But okay, in the so CFL, if you score a touchdown, you have to go for two, and then the other team gets the answer, and they have to try and score a touchdown and score two. And if it does, then you just keep going back and forth. Yeah, but if they score, but if they score, I guess scoring two makes it makes it that much harder. But yeah, if they score all in the case where they score all of it, my team won't get a chance to play at all. So it's not really fair. Is what I'm trying to. You still do. That's what happened last night. Yeah. The, the bombers got the ball first, scored the touchdown and got the two point conversion. And then Hamilton got their shot, got a very questionable questionable penalty at the best of times. Um, And then they were on their next pass, the, the interception. And as soon as they intercepted it, then it, then it was game over. over. But but, I always thought that I thought, I always thought it was the NFL way. But either way, I, I always compare that to like soccer when you go to penalty kicks. Right. Right. That's where I was looking at, where it's like, yeah, it's it's for soccer. Yeah. So football <laughs> in that case. But like um it changes the changes the elements of the game. Changes the elements of the game. Right. But yeah, so to answer your question, it just feels exactly like a penalty kick where it's like it sucks to be in that position, period. Um, just because you're not gonna, you're not able to play the game like how it's meant, how it's the most fun, where it's just quarters, where does you know what I mean, where <laughs> yeah. it's like a normal game. So that's hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's good. No, that's great. Um, the uh, now, uh, so congrats again to our bomber friends. Um, always, you know, cool to see somebody go back to back. We haven't seen that in ten years, like you said, Mike. But um, now they can start losing, and that's fine. Um, <laughs> 
that's uh, yeah. it's time for some other team with gold to start winning. Uh, I have one in particular that I prefer, but yeah, I think we know that. Um, there was some other talk uh, during the week. Of course, Grey Cup week is uh, always good for lots of rumors and lots of excitement. Um, one of the things that came is uh, the deal that the CFL has made with Genius Sports. Is that what it is? Yep. Or Genius Stats? I can't remember which one it is. Anyway, um, but not it was, it was pretty vague on what they're doing with that. Uh, but what it sounds like is that there could be increased stats, but... I, I personally am wondering if this they're setting this up for for in-game betting. Um, what did you think? Of, I'm going to start with Superfan on this because you probably might know more than me. <laughs> Likely. Uh, than it was me. it was Genius Sports. Thank you. Um, I mean, they are partnered with the NFL, XFL, um, basketball. Like, they're partnered with everybody. So I think that it's good to get into that same market uh, as all the major sports in I mean, the world, right? EPL, NFL, all that stuff. Um, anytime when you can get someone who that's their expertise on board uh, to help you grow the game is a good thing as far as I'm concerned. Um, we will see. I mean, they get a piece of not the CFL, but their little subsidiary, mm -hmm. which a lot of people started going, they own the CFL, and that's not true. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see them get all kinds of new ideas some of the ideas I've heard over the weekend, I'm less a fan of. So oh, I'm getting uh, there. I'm getting yeah, there. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if a lot of people want to do the betting and it's going to get interest, I mean, the NFL makes billions with a B on sports betting. So if we can get a small piece of that into the CFL, get the payer, the players paid more, um, you know, get some better conditions uh, for the broadcast. I mean, you know, you threw you threw an extra hundred million dollars at the CFL a year. I think we could see some improvement for sure. Yeah. So I, I saw a Quaku smile when you said players get better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of the game. Without Absolutely. the players, what are we cheering for? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So uh, you, you inferred a little bit there, but if uh, they're talking about all of the different rule changes or what the, they're going to look at everything in the game and Willing see to look at, yes. what, what would, what would be good, what would not be good. Uh, but of course, one of the things that came up was the possibility of going to four downs. Now, Kwaku, what is your opinion on that? You've played in this league for a long time. You've played three downs for a long time between, uh, you know, high school college and now into into the cfl uh what, what's your feeling on that um <clears throat> on the cfl potentially going what four downs yeah um i always thought it was an interesting concept when you play like high school football um i think things things might since i've been out west i think things are different out here but when i played high school football it was four downs was it right okay. yeah so it's four downs for me so i always found it weird um, when I found out the CFL only has three downs. And on top of that, I had to be a yard behind, right? So, um, but I'm coming to learn that the GTA, GTA is kind of different from out West. You guys start from three downs from the beginning for most, most athletes here. So yeah. it's not that big of a difference for you, for, for people out here. But um, from my perspective, I think the bigger field than having four downs would just be irresponsible. <laughs> like, <laughs> Thank you. Because... I don't know how else to say that. Like, um, it, because as a defender, the, the, like, the game is already, <laughs> the game is already unfair or 
to the advantage of the offense. Sure. Right. right. So with the, all the motions, with all the um, – that's what I was trying to say earlier about the uh, overtime issue. Um, the offense is already – it's so easy for the – maybe I'm biased on defense. But the offense is already <laughs> in position to prevail. They can motion. They have a yard. You know what I mean? When, when, it's, when it's fourth and one or third and one, what they're supposed to do, just like it's, it, they, like it's a free yard most of the time. Right. You know what I mean, right. it's not like the NFL where they're colliding right away, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like if you give them another yard, not another yard, sorry, another down, right, and it's still only 10, 10 yards that they have to get and the field is as big as it is, what? And they're motioning? That just wouldn't be fair. Right. That wouldn't Why be fair at all. Defense because at I feel point. like <laughs> – Pardon? Why even have defense at that point? It would just be – That's what I would say because there's yeah. so much motion. If they had four downs, they would just – what they would use the waggle, boom, boom, catch it for three yards, boom, boom, catch it for three yards, run the ball or run the ball, get for four or five yards, then do that. Whatever, whatever I was saying before, you know, what I mean? like it wouldn't, it wouldn't be fair. At least in the NFL, you can't do that because the spaces are so different, mm-hmm. right? Everything's so much tighter, right? So you can't rub on each other as much, and plus you can't waggle, you can't motion right. as right. much as freely. So I feel like having the extra down would, it would just make it. I think you know what. If I wasn't so biased as a defender, I could see it from a fan standpoint and from obviously from a money standpoint is that it would make games more fun because it'd just be scoring. I could see that. I could see that as the only advantage is that, yeah, the, the game would become even more aerial. You know what I mean? Even more um, passing, even more touch um, touchdowns possibly. And I, I think that um, the field is just too big for you to, just to continue running it. But then imagine a team like Montreal would stand back. Uh, that's good that was team. my example. They <laughs> might just run it. <laughs> and as a defender, that would suck. You know what I mean? Because they can. With stand back, he's going to give you two yards. He's going to give you well, three yards easily. You know what I mean? If, you could bet on that. So if do that Zach four- Caleros gets hurt, they could just Sean McGuire sneak it all the way down the field because <laughs> yeah. it's just yeah, two, exactly three, two, it. three, two, three. Exactly. It. And in the field, oh. so big that you can't even compress the pocket too fast. Yeah. Because if it's a play action, just chuck the ball on a corner. Chuck the ball. Don't even be accurate. Chuck the ball to the – and just have your guy fly to the corner because that, that, there's that much space. Yeah. So I, to answer your question um... – No. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've just been going on tangents. Every time I come on your show, I just go on tangents. That's, okay. That's just one of the reasons that we love you, man. This is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Mike, I'm pretty sure you're just going to, you know, say exactly what Kwaku said as far as four downs are concerned, but, um, any other thing that they came up with that you're like, Oh, maybe that's an idea. Well, I mean, they would talk about revenue sharing, uh, for the first Which, time in a while. Um, like uh, I, again, as a team that traditionally has had, uh, other than this year with, but this is year is kind of a write off with COVID, um, the top two attendances in the league We've always been more of a have team than a have not, financially speaking, at least in the last 40 years, 50 years. Um, but the league doesn't exist if we don't have those teams, right? So right. the teams like Montreal, Toronto, BC, those tend to be the ones that are having the biggest problems. So if you go to the United States and you use the CFL model in the States, Green Bay wouldn't exist. They're not big enough to be able to compete right. with the New York Giants or now the two teams in L.A., um, who can just throw money at it, just like you see in baseball with the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Dodgers every year. Um, so if you can make it some revenue sharing, but 
it's tough because if you're a community owned team and you're paying money to teams owned by billionaires, <laughs> it's hard to swallow, right? I mean, Saskatchewan is always going to be earning money these days, but 25 years ago, 30 years ago, Saskatchewan is having to have a telethon just to keep afloat and Toronto was helping Saskatchewan keep afloat. So, I mean, it just, what goes around comes around, I think. And at this point, like I said, if we don't have teams, then we're going to be losing players because we have to contract. So let's just keep the league strong as a whole. And, and I think we got to go with it. I love that idea. And the, when I heard it, it was something, well, you and I have talked about it many times. Yeah. It's just like, Hey, you mean the teams are actually going to work together? Yeah. Hard to believe for the success of the league. Wow. I like this idea. I'm mm-hmm. this. Okay. Um, Kayla, did you hear any of the other stuff that was going on or were you, were you just like watching everybody's party of videos and be like, I wish I was there or what, what was going on? <laughs> the was so strong. <laughs> yeah. I was just in self pity on the couch all like all the time. All, all, all weekend, I was like, oh man. But yeah, I, I, all I heard was about the four down and a little bit of the revenue sharing. That's about it. I didn't, I don't think I heard about anything else. I'm, I'm mostly just like on Twitter. I'm like, pish, Masha. <laughs> I can see you actually literally saying that. I literally say that with the accent, literally. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Wait. Was there more? Did I miss something? No, 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 no. I was just checking to see what what you felt about those or where you were at with that. That's all. I was just checking. I mean, four down. I watch NFL. Like, I don't need four down in my CFL. Again, push off. (laughs) No. As a traditionalist, no. I mean, you guys got to hit all the points. But for me as a fan, I love the CFL because it's different. And uh, if we didn't already have a title for the show, I would totally call it Pish Posh now. Next week. Keep that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very important. Um, All right. Uh, We've bashed around uh, everything from last week. Uh, Superfan, let's go to uh, the YouTube comments and questions and uh, see what we've got to chat about there. Uh, YouTube Live. YouTube Uh, Live. It's true. Yes. Uh, What do we got here? Uh, so we've got Randy McDonald saying greetings from Toronto tonight. The game was very slow to build up. We certainly got a lot in the end. Uh, hard to agree there for uh, disagree for sure. Um, did everyone find it kind of slow at the start? I mean, I, I certainly did in the first quarter. Yeah. Well, it was all two and outs at the first quarter. Right. right. So like, if you missed the first quarter quick, you really didn't miss a whole lot. It was just, I mean, from a defensive standpoint, there were some great defensive plays. Um, but yeah, it was like I said, just a lot of two and outs there as everyone kind of felt each other out. Um, really? Coach Vic, oh, yes, uh, Coach Vic <laughs> says we should uh, play all Grey Cup games on the second weekend of November or December. Sorry, plus eight, no snow. Yeah, yeah that's coming to uh, Regina next year. Uh, I mean, I don't know if the players want to be out there in the middle of December in Regina, no, but you. Do the fans <laughs> want to be sitting Wait, in the stands. He's, he's like, no, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's bad not playing there in early November. I'm sure yeah. playing in December. Yeah, yeah it's a hard pass. Um, uh, Tim Capper says the wind at the Grey Cup reminded me of the Alouettes Cats playoff game in Guelph in 2013. Yeah, that's oh. probably pretty accurate. That was windy. Yes, 
Well, that's like that game that we had with Mike. Was that in 2016 where he only threw for 45 yards and we still Riley, somehow yeah. won the game because of the, but it was, the like was just, yeah, it was brutal. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was earlier than 16, but um, so coach Vic uh, says that in his opinion, yes, they win with Masoli. If Masoli would have stayed in the game, uh, the, I guess the East final. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I mean, I almost wonder in these days with people with these quarterbacks getting injured, how many quarterbacks didn't get injured this year? And in 2019, do you almost have to have a really solid second quarterback, almost like a one one a we got to get that third string quarterback back on the, the roster. Like that's been that's been tough for some quarterbacks when you see uh, Nate Bahar having to be the quarterback for Ottawa at one point because they only have two quarterbacks and they get injured. Um, <laughs> and we all know, we all know Quaku's like, yeah, put a receiver back there. <laughs> <laughs> really good in the wild. I game. wish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Tim Kaffer says, how does the Rouge go down in Grey Cup lore? Does it surpass the 13th man of 2009? Oh, no. 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 I, I will never get tired of watching uh, Glenn Johnson with the old uh, too many men call at the end of the 2009 Grey Cup. And Saskatchewan fans were a little upset, but that's all right. Hmm. Uh, Ken Ludwig actually agrees, says, nope, not being able to count to 12 is still number one for me. Okay. Um, Perfect. Uh, and then Randy McDonald says, in the end, both plays were equally bad, talking about the 13th man and the Rouge, and both right. teams gave up significant fourth quarter leads. That's another point that we haven't really talked about. That's true. Yeah, 12 points for Hamilton yesterday, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. It was a tough one. Yep. <laughs> Coach Fix says, uh, if we threw five Toronto Raptors onto the field, Drake would definitely do halftime. Okay. So maybe, maybe. Could, I mean, if it's already going to be in that sort of area, if it's going to be in, in Southern Ontario, why not? Uh, Tim Capper says, what about the weekend? What about it? Oh. It was Saturday and Sunday, and it was... No, I'm... Randy McDonald said, was <laughs> That was a horrible old man joke. Sorry. I couldn't help myself. That was actually funny. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Quaker. Like Randy McDonald says he doesn't remember much of his uh, weekend. The week, so. oh, yeah, I wonder what the, I don't know what the weekend was because the weekend would be on par with the Drake too. And he so it'd be interesting weekend, to have him. Right? I don't know how many CFL fans like the weekend though. Oh, <laughs> question, is it the CFL fans, or is it for it's people that aren't watching? Going. Pardon. If it was Calgary and Saskatchewan playing each other for some oddball reason and the weekend was playing, I'd freaking go to that great cup. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. And, and is it for the CFL fans or is it to get new people to watch, right? That's right. That's true. Yeah. But I always question how much how much of those people actually um, are retained, right? True. When you go right. for almost like a clout-based um, approach of trying to like increase your like your following essentially, right? Um how many of those people actually will stay and how many people are just showing up for halftime and watching and cutting, but you are right. You will get a certain percentage, but my question is if you're going to pay that much money for the weekend or the Drake's, you know what I mean? Um, What's your return on your capital? You know what I mean? So, you know, Hey, 2012 had the Biebs. Justin Bieber was there. Do you think Justin Bieber would do it again though? Now, even though he's not even close to his prime, he's not even at his prime anymore. Well, I mean, if you throw in some enough Timbits, maybe. I, you took my line. That was awesome. That's awesome. 
hundred percent. Make him make him wear three of those fanny packs and then sell them afterwards. You'd make more than enough money to get back what you had to pay him to do that. That's very true. Yeah. Uh, Coach Vic has a question for Kwaku. Uh When you were playing your high school, uh, when you were playing four down, was it on a smaller field or was it on a full size, like a wide sixty-five yard field? It was a it was a normal NFL field. Yeah, and that's why I was so shocked when I came out here. Um, when I saw like safeful fields was your normal for fields. Mm. I mean, back home, it's like, no, it's just NFL fields or it's like regular soccer pitch fields. Right. Right. Okay. So, but when you were at Laurier, was it, was it four downs there too? Oh no. Laurier was third, three downs. That's That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be wild if university was, uh, four downs. Well, and then, and then. If and then you go pro to see if you go pro to go to three downs. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm crazy. Like, wow. <laughs> that's usually a completely different game. You'd be confused. That's <laughs> the that's the question we always ask the Americans when they come up. So you came up and now you get this giant field and you're only playing three downs and you have to play a yard off the ball. What did you yeah. think? And they're all like, This game's weird. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> um Tim Capper is asking what what uh, Quaku's thoughts, and I guess everyone's thoughts on did the right player win the MOP? Not sure if he means in the game or over the season. I mean, same guy in this case. Um, yeah. But do you think who else could have maybe been the right choice for MOP? As to uh, me? Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. You start, Quaku. Oh no, I've been talking enough, man. You go, go, you go first. <laughs> well. I don't well no commission you didn't get to start first who do you th- do you think it should have been go. Zach or do you think there should be a different MOP in the game not not for the season but in the game okay, okay. I don't know I don't I don't that's a tough one because they did come back at the helm of Zach to win it but it was kind of a I don't know I don't know honestly I don't that's I fair. can't make that decision that's fair Just only that's who gets the MLP. <laughs> Should have been. Um, super fan. Um, uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna take our joke from yesterday. I was just glad that it wasn't Asterix Harris. That's good. <laughs> Can't be him. Can't win MLP right. for anything anymore. Um, I, I, I was really happy with the Canadian choice. Um, and uh, and as far as MOP in that particular game, I don't know that anyone else stood out enough to say it had to be that person. So I, I could see where it could be Zach. Um, I don't, I have a hard, well, I know he did really, really well in the season, but I, I would, I would say it was a closer battle between him and Stanback for MOP of the season mm. as compared to the game. So now Kwaku, you're up. Um, I think, I think, I think you got to give Cloris, uh, the MOP. Um, cause again, like you, like you said before, it's no one really stood out that much because of such a back and forth game. But I think also Winnipeg has been a, since I've been in the league since 2017, they've been a pretty good team, like a pretty solid team, but they were never able to go over the hump, you know, over the hurdle. And now you've gotten Cloris where he went from so many obstacles uh in the past in the past five five six years with yeah, you know easily, what i mean so yeah. going back and forth and now he's on a team where literally they were good they were always good but they weren't good enough and, and then as soon as he hops onto a team they just like you know what i mean it was just that little switch that little that, that fine little 
difference. Um, so I feel like just from that, if you're confused as to who should be the MOP or kind of like on the fence of numerous of people on Winnipeg, you got to give it to him just because you guys, like Winnipeg wasn't able to do anything past playoffs um, until he came along. So that's just my two cents. But that defense is, is, a, is a very stout defense. Very good for the defense. So as a, as a quarterback, you, you're blessed with that defense. Pardon? What do you think for the MOP of the season? Um, I would probably give it to Stanback just because uh, he balled out this year. And it's nice to see a running back. It's nice to see a non-quarterback um, yeah. win MOP. You know what I mean? And I think for Montreal as a franchise, they've come a long way. Um, at least per, when, I, when I say they come a long way or when I reference things like um, with like a – with the time range, I mean, since I've been in the league right. <laughs> since 2017. But, you know, I mean, they've come a long way, right? So uh, um, so I'd lo- I would have loved to see that just for their franchise and also just to see a non-quarterback out there. And I do truly believe um, he's he's been a good a good piece for this game, period. Yeah. Agreed. And Superfan? Um, I think if... Let's say they don't take the knee, they march down and they kick the field goal. To me, it's it's got to be Masoli. Uh, I mean, he went 80% passing. Like, that's outstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he didn't have a ton of yards, 185 yards passing. Um, but it just seemed like when he came in, everything settled down and they started to move after going two and out, two and out, two and out under Dane. Um, you can't really give the MOP to the losing quarterback, though, as much as you might want to. It's not like hockey where the, you know, the the opposite goaltender, the losing goaltender can win the Conn Smythe trophy or whatever. But, um, yeah, I, I think you almost had to give it to Caleros for, for the reasons everyone said. There, No one else really stood out, right? You're not going to give right. it to Rasheed Bailey as much as he had a pretty solid game uh, or Darvin Adams or whatever. I mean, no one got over 100 yards, so I don't know. Um, what else we got for questions here? Um, Coach Rick has a uh, thought about um, uh, perhaps a rule change is maybe changing the play clock. Um, he's saying maybe increase the play clock, play clock five <laughs> or ten seconds. Ooh. Ooh. Um, and I think <laughs> if they did it more like the NFL, like they, they set the ball and blow the whistle right away instead of waiting and then setting it, because it's 45 seconds the NFL, but it's not the same as the 20 seconds we have, right. Right, where they have to wait till everything's set, where they just should blow it right away. And then, uh, so I don't know. What do you think about that? Interesting. Craig, you go first. What do you think about that? Changing the play clock. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't think I really have much of an opinion on it just because I haven't been able to experience, um, <clears throat> that NFL play clock in a live game. Right. So mm. I think that, I think, I, I think it wouldn't really, I don't know. I don't really have an opinion on it. Yeah, I can go either way. Okay. I I could see it. I could see it. Um, I know we kind of, you know, go uh, we a selling point of us having that 20-second play clock, but I, I would be okay if they, you know, set it in and blew the – or, you know, started it right away if it was – like 30 seconds, but I don't, I don't want to go right. the exact same way. Right. So, cause I, yep. I, there are lots of times too, where they're, you know, they're lining up with 15 seconds left on the clock and they're just standing there trying to draw right. the guys off. So, and that's, you know, that's one of the parts of the NFL I don't yeah. like. So yep. I would like it to, you know, get up and okay, look, see where people's at. Great. Let's go start playing. I, that's the, as a fan, mm-hmm. I want to see more, get up and go and not stand around and wait. 
So. All right. I think we've got a couple, just two more. Uh, Tim Capper wants to know uh, uh, thoughts on CBA negotiations coming up. I think it's this May. We have a new one. Oh, yes. It seems like every May we have a new one. <laughs> sure feels like it. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, like, like, Kwaku, are you, do you hear a lot from the PA during, like, the off season when we're going into this? Cause you've, you've been here now for what three different negotiations already. And you've only been since 2017. Yeah. I think this is going to be my third one, but it's mainly just, uh, just, just communication once in a while, just about questionnaires and whatnot, but you don't really get into the thick of, uh, thick of things until closer to the date. Um, um, <clears throat> but most of it is just behind uh, in the back, right? They're doing everything themselves and then they come up to us ask us for questionnaires or give us questionnaires or whatnot so um i'm just hoping that uh, we're in a position where we can negotiate you know what i mean so and actually be partners with the cfl uh because we are going in a different direction especially if we are able to uh um add betting and add add betting to its fullest length or to its full potential um it, it should be definitely a lot more money roaming around but more importantly just making sure that the game is uh is safe you know what i mean it's um, the the league is actually taking care of its players, taking care of um, rookies, pe- taking care of people that are coming in, and um, finding a way to take care of individuals that are coming from America, are coming from different places, and giving them support on and off the field. So um, it's the, the, so we can fix, you know, what I mean, fix the the one year contracts or, or fix the back and forth movement. It's just more so find a way to make it more either guaranteed money or find ways to make it more advantageous for an individual to actually sign somewhere for longer than a year or um, be interested in being in one place for more than um, their contract, right? So giving them a reason to actually stay and making the CFL uh, something worth being a part, you know what I mean, as a player, you know what I mean, instead of something where it's like, oh, okay, it's not the NFL, you know what I mean, I'm here, let me just make the best out of it, like make the CFL something worth, worth saying that you're part of, you know what I mean, and I think that the, as the league, the league got to find a way to create a partnership instead of, uh, um, I guess, almost like a uh, like dictatorship, how they want to run things. But I hope right. the CBA goes, uh, goes a bit more fairly. But shoot, you know what I mean? It's uh, CFOPA's job to make sure that they're doing the best that they can. Would you ever, would you ever go into the CFLPA? I mean, you've got a business background. Um, I think that there's, there's people, <laughs> I'm a pretty busy dude. So, so <laughs> I got all things Fair. to deal with, uh, from being honest, from being real, but, um, I got the ideas. It's more so, um, I think, I think the, they don't really have a, like a real partnership with the league. So, um, I don't, I don't know how big my voice would be. Right. And, um, yeah, so that, yeah, that's my two cents. So I just let them do it. And, uh, yeah, like just from my personal experience, the league seems like to have a chokehold on the CFL PA, every CBA, right? So, um, yeah, so, uh, you know, <laughs> like there's not much I can do. I'm more so interested, like we were talking about last time, of finding a way for someone to pick me up as a GM, man. So <laughs> I find a way to pick me up. There's an opening. As I was going to say. You know, that's what we're talking, you know what I mean? So, 
Um, but <laughs> I digress. <laughs> well, I, have we ever had a GM player at the same time? That'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Or a I president? Guess. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> Give yourself a really good contract, I guess. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know, <laughs> so we just re- we just resign quickly. Contract guarantee. <laughs> I want to be there at that press conference when you introduce yourself. Yeah, <laughs> and then I got to explain why we signed Quaker Blotting. What was that, Kayla? You cut out. What was you? What? You cut out. What did you say? Oh. Just like go into the boardroom and show me hula hoops. Still, I don't know. <laughs> ten imagine, years, baby. Imagine, imagine, ten imagine years. At the end of every every press conference, I do the yeah. hula hoop. But then, <laughs> at the end of each conference, all right, we're done here, Ben. All right. <laughs> That's right. Can we bet on that? Like... There's a prop bet. How many? <laughs> oh, Bo, I tell you, Bodog oh, is going to be all over it. Um, do have, uh, just a couple more questions. Uh, Coach Vic says, Kwaku, how did the missed season and then the shortened training camp and then no preseason games affect you or the team? I think it just makes it harder for you to mesh as a team, um, especially when you have a lot of moving pieces. So when you look at teams that have uh, pretty much the same core group, whether it's on offense and defense, I think that's that was even more of an advantage this year than ever before. Um, when you have moving pieces, whether it's players, coaches, um, you know, what I mean, all that, all those staff members, all those people changing, um, you need those preseason games. You know, what I mean, and I'm a big fan of just playing the game, but having preseason games um, in our case would have definitely helped, just because we had so many different different pieces coming into the season. But again, there's no really excuses for. Um, so point of making excuses, we still got to go out, go out there, get W's, and uh, um, win games, and you know succeed. Twenty twenty two. That's right. Yep, it's, it's coming. And then last question from Leanne. Random question: Does Quaku have any pets? <laughs> no, I don't have any pets. Um, unfortunately, I'm, I'm a clean freak. So, right. As much as I want a dog, I don't want the mess of a dog. So if I had a dog, I'd have to have someone, I'd have to hire someone to clean after the dog. So, <laughs> so I'm in this weird cycle of, I want a dog, but I don't want to clean up after a dog. Right. You know what I mean? But I think eventually, um, once I move out of my condo, if I were to get into a house, I'd probably get a dog. Nice. Um, and I think a dog would be a very, very cool, um, like a Doberman or a, a uh, um, German Shepherd. If I'm going to get a dog, I want my dog to be protective. I don't want a dog that's just there to chill with me and take up all my money. No, no, no. You got to come out here. <laughs> Listen, if I'm feeding you and I'm sheltering you, you got to provide something too, honey. You know what I mean? So it's like I want a dog that can uh, that can actually bark and back it up. So that's to answer your question. Like you. Again. Another. <laughs> you stole my line. Yeah, I was going to say, just like you. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Uh, all right, thank you for going through those, super fan. Uh, let's go to your uh, horrid items really quick, and then we'll come back with a couple more questions for Quaku. Uh, Sounds good. Let me bring in here. What are your What are your latest finds? 
Well, uh, as many people know, this uh, last week was the locker room sale. Uh, much like 2020, they did it online. So we didn't have to line up at starting at midnight out in the middle of winter, which was kind of nice. So I managed to uh, get a couple of items for the uh, the uh, room here. So first up, yeah. I got a jersey. So this is a game worn. Hopefully you can see that. Yes, absolutely. Maybe. Yes, game worn. So there Kyle we go. Sackled. Kyle yep. Saxlid. Uh, I've always been a big fan of the offense and defensive line, so being able a chance to get a um, a jersey from another lineman is always a great thing, especially when a lot of times the line doesn't get as much love as the as the you know the pretty boys as I always call them, the wide receivers and maybe the linebackers and stuff like that. Um, for uh, I also managed to track down uh, for those people that haven't been. CH Cafeteria is uh, a favorite haunt of ours. The coffee is phenomenal. The chocolate is out of this world. And uh, they started adding some new savory brunch items, which is kind of nice. So managed to track this one down as well. Uh, Diego Viamontes, nice. and he did sign that for us on the weekend, which was kind of nice. Awesome. And then um, grabbed this. Oh, I'm so jealous. So that is one. Tremaine Washington's helmet. They only had uh, 10 helmets available. Yeah. This no they were all so, gone uh, by the time I got on there. It's, they went within, yeah. I think, five minutes for the first nine, and then Darrell Walker's was gone a couple minutes after wow. that. So, uh, I mean, I just loved the fact that there's the the Joey sticker. Yeah, on the back. that's the that's the reason really? I wanted it. I wanted it for that. I think. I mean, the the antlers as well. But I I really wanted it for that sticker. And then I figured, why not show one more thing? This has been around in my collection for about, um, I'd say about four years. So I have this lovely helmet here. Ooh, very you can nice. Yeah. The number on that one. Hey, that was, that's a nice helmet. This still needs an autograph. There's that's a an original nice spot on there. <laughs> okay, I this, got you. That's the, that, that's the original. This is the yep. 2017 rookie helmet. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. Not that I switched to shut. Oh, right. So this is the old one. Yeah. That's the. Yeah, that's the. Yeah. That's the OG right there. OG right there. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, we I'll just sign that. Please do. Ooh, like this. Like yep. we'll find yes, a sir. time. That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, super fan. You you did well once again. And I am It was it was a good week. Extremely jealous because I could not get on right at noon to get yep. one of those buckets, but oh well, one of these days. One of these days I'm gonna harass Quaku enough and he'll just give me one. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally looks like it, right? Okay. I yeah. have to I mean if you don't ask, the answer is always no. That's, that's right. What I, that's how I feel. Um, I don't even have a bucket yet. I don't even have my own bucket yet. Oh my goodness! What is going on in this world? This is not okay. Um, let's. Uh... I know, I need my own bucket. <laughs> you need your own. Come on, man. Um, all right, let's uh, quickly go to. Um, I mean, you've been wearing your toque the whole time. Uh, tell us a little bit about Sacks for Racks because uh, that's that's your your big off season adventure. And I, I know you're you've got it, it's busy during the season as well, but definitely in the off season you do lots with that. Yeah, Sacks for Axe is just a brand dedicated to um, aspiring pass rushers, developing them. And it's just a brand that I came up with in 2019. Uh, and that, that was right before, uh, that was, I think, it was 2019. That was right after my rookie contract. But um, that was just a saying that I always had uh, to myself. You know what I mean? The more sacks we get, the more racks we're going to get. The more sacks we get, the more racks we're going to get. And I just took that to a new level where now I'm running camps across Canada and just really just trying to inspire 
the younger the younger um, demographic just, yo, if you want to play football, decide to be a pass rusher. You know what I mean? Um, I, I think it's the most fun. I think it's probably the most, the safest spot. And uh, and it's a great way to make money. You know what I mean? So um, that's all Saks Racks is all about. It's really just about being very blunt and honest with um, young individuals and just telling them, fo- like, football is a great avenue to go into, especially from a discipline standpoint. But <clears throat> if you're not going after the money, then what's the point? Right. So we're, we're really just encouraging these athletes to um, come out, have fun, obviously, but also understand that it's going to take a lot more than just um, than, than just come, go, coming out. You got to come out with a different mentality that uh, I think a lot of these kids definitely uh, leave, leave with a different mentality, knowing that if they do want to go pro and make and take this seriously and become a professional, um, it's a lot, there's a lot of work that has to be done. And I think. That, and that's what Satrax is all about, is just educating these individuals, educating these teenagers that if you want to go pro, whether it's NFL or CFO, wherever it may be, um, it's going to take a lot of work, just like everything else in life, on and off the field. So Satrax is, again, it's it's really just a brand about um, spying young pass, young individuals to play football. Um, and if you do play, play football, be a pass rusher. That's, that's fantastic. Now, if you're... I know that you haven't announced anything quite yet, but uh, there will be announcements if we follow you on Twitter and things for uh, where these camps are going to happen. Yes, sir. If you follow Sax for Racks, um, and it's just Sax and then number four and Racks on most major channels, whether it's TikTok, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you can find us anywhere. But yeah, we're going to be running a few camps throughout Canada, and Edmonton's definitely, um, definitely on that list. So check it. To check out Sacks for Axe, keep an eye out for March, end of March. And uh, uh, um, I hope to see uh, some uh, fellow Elks fans out there too. Well, I know one that'll be there for sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's not me. It's not me. Don't worry. It's, uh, it's yeah, it's my kid. Yeah. Uh, but he's, he's you got to get your pass rushing, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, pass rushing. Pass pass out rushing. That's what I do. You work on the Hulu. Nobody wants to see that. They only that me you, yes, me. <laughs> we can be very clear about that right up front. That's uh that's not gonna happen. Um now I I, I wanna quickly jog back to the Elks for a second. Um lots of talk obviously over the Grey Cup weekend about different coaches, GMs, um Lots of things about Chris Jones, some things about Dave Dickinson, some things about even Mike O'Shea. Um, and, and, and now you never played for Chris Jones, but if that was the choice, I mean, he's a defensive-minded guy. Is that a is where where do you, where do you stand when you when you're hearing all of this stuff when it comes to GMs and coaches and all these things? At the end of the day, it's a business, right? So I know there's going to be a lot of moving parts. Um, and with that, it's it's really like when you play football, especially when you play pro sports, you start realizing that a lot of things are out of your control, right? So right. In, the, in a circumstance like that, I don't really ponder about it too much. I focus on um, – I really just beat up too much to the rhythm of our own drum, right? And uh, if the new manager comes in and they're supportive of my players, supportive of my character, then, you know what I mean, then – I'm here, right? So uh, I don't really, <laughs> I don't really ponder about things that I can't control. Um, I think that 
Edmonton has a, has a great organization, especially historically has a great organization. Um, so they're definitely going to take their time and find the best candidate um, possible um, to fulfill that role. So I'm not really concerned about that from an organizational front. But um, yeah, for me personally, it's really, um, if they're interested in Kwaku, then they're interested in Kwaku, right? And at the end of the day, um, I built a lot of great relationships here in Edmonton. And if things continue, then I'm happy. And we can continue having these uh, um, interviews. Um, but if not, then it, it's just how life goes, right? But um, I think those are they're going after all the the right the right people. Uh, and I mean, people that have W's under the belt. And I think that that's what we what we need to get back to getting W's. That that's awesome. And just so that you know, it doesn't matter if you're here or not. We are still doing these interviews. I just that you don't get off the hook. That's the. <laughs> Let's make sure that's very clear right up front. Uh, Superfan, give me your opinion on a few of those things just because, uh, you know, people will ask. Uh, what what do you feel about some of these names and things that are going around? Um, it's so, it's <laughs> um, so tough to answer this just yeah. because there's so many things that are involved, so many moving parts. It's not just you getting a head coach and then maybe bringing over their – offensive or defensive or even special teams schemes uh they'll be bringing some players along with them so if you bring over chris jones you might get some of the defensive players from toronto joining the team and merging with the guys we have if it's uh mike o'shea maybe you'll get some of those bomber players um if it's dave dickinson who's another name being gm and head coach uh who knows who he'd bring along right so right. um whoever is going to be able to take what we have tweak it a little bit and take us to that next level. That's, that's the guy I want to see um, someone that can make those fans jump up because they've brought some of that exciting football back. You know, that sounds great to me. Uh, the, there was a, um, uh, we have to get the GM first before we yes. get a coach. Yes. Um, but unless if you're getting someone that's dude. a GM, yeah. Unless you get someone who's the coach and, and, can we afford it with the fact right. that we're still paying for, you know, players contracts are guaranteed, but coaches and, and GM contracts are. Mm -hmm. um, so we've got to pay for these guys, even though they don't play for our team. So that may sort of force our hand for the next couple of years. So entirely possible. Just give me some name that can go there and we can start getting ready for 2022. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Whoever, whoever it is, uh, they just, they really have two requirements. One, they need to find a way to connect with fans. I have a great way. This podcast right here. Just saying. That, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, the other thing is they need to want to sign Kwaku Boateng. That's uh, it's really, I mean, it's not a, not a hard thing that they have to put out. They just, have, it's just should be one of the questions. Will you bring back Kwaku Boateng? Yes. Great. Here's here you sign. Um, <laughs> Kamish, what do you think about all these names? Um, the CJ is more of a really. <laughs> I, I, I understand from a winning standpoint from that, but I'm, I'm just like the longevity and the culture thing is that is a really big thing that needs to be repaired right now. It's not just about the winning atmosphere. I think that, the culture and, and the behind the scenes things were really broken. And I don't know if that's, I, I want to give everyone a chance or perhaps a second chance as it were with CJ, but I don't know. I just, 
my pettiness is like I just want to dismantle the bunker <laughs> so bad that I'm like, welcome. <laughs> or even like the stamps, just like oh the pettiness in me is so raw and fresh, and I'm just like sitting here like so I can't really talk about like business aspect and what's right. Like Quaku, you definitely would know more about that. My concern is from the fan point stand and the culture stand and, and taking what was built with the Edmonton Eskimos and applying that to the Edmonton Elks and making it strong and and holding that culture to a certain um, standpoint that the former Eskimos had built. You don't want to lose that. It's so important to the community. And then the pettiness of the fan inside of me is like, let's go in and just break F this whole league up and but I know that the whole money aspect is a huge issue. So I don't think I'll get my wish on the pettiness side, but you know, I mean, I want, I want to have that winning culture, but I also want that experience back where I was really proud to be a part of an organization that gave a crap. I guess I just, I felt like the season was very monotone and very, eh. No, so I mean, f- fix your Twitter for one. Anyway, that's a whole different story. <laughs> well, and, <laughs> and who knows? With uh, depending on the president, like that might that might be part of it too. I'm just right? gonna say, yeah, the president. I mean, uh, one name that's come out is Paul Graham. Mm-hmm. He's uh, vice president of TSN. He's the executive producer of the live events. He's an Edmonton boy. He grew up here. He played football here. Uh, he did some stuff with the Wildcats. Sorry, coach. Um, as well as, uh, you know, he was a fan going to Clark Stadium and then Commonwealth. He played with Hank Elisic in high school football, right. uh, who is uh, a guy that's obviously in the Hall of Fame. I think that to me, for what the president's role should be, leave the football stuff to the football ops guys and have the president, like, get us on TV, bring in some money, get the fans coming back. That should be their role. And I think he'd be a pretty fantastic person to get there. Well, and and know how to run a live show in the stadium, yeah. Because that's what that's what brings people in, right? Is you win, yes, that that's one piece. But you want to have an experience in the stadium that you can't have anywhere else. And a guy that right. knows how to run a show, I think, that because be a guy who knows how to do that. The players are going to win whether you're there or you're on TV. So what is it besides the great play that's going to bring you to the stadium? You right. need to have chemistry in your staffing. You need to have that dynamic, and it can't be a, a tyranny. Let's just say that. It's got to be clicking on all levels and not just, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I, I'm, I'm waiting for the next season when they have the, um, the hula hoop cam. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Nice. Right? Or maybe get some fans in the field and everyone can. Who, who does the best hula hoops? See? I like this. <laughs> it's perfect. Quake is the judge. judge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, Quaku stands on the sideline. Seven. Put me down on the field with the hula hoop cam. Like, I'll be all up in that. First <laughs> Quaku. Oh, this is the... <laughs> See? These are the ideas. These bring the people in. Yeah, let's bring the people you in. You have to pay them. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not Calvin Thanks Stanley, but we'll allow that. That's right. It's good. Yeah. 
Oh my. Um, all right. Uh, quickly, I got to talk about the uh, CFPN Fantasy League because that did wrap up on Grey Cup Sunday as well. Uh, I send my congrats out to Joe Pritchard of the Rouge, White and Blue podcast who beat me down this week. Oh, so so frustrating uh it's like everything went wrong yesterday and everything went right for joe uh he will be getting the belt i have become the calgary stampeders not only did i have a wonderful season in a crappy playoffs but i did uh, let the belt go south of the border i don't know what oh. i was thinking it's brutal i need to uh stop that so uh but congratulations joe and thank you again to ryan coop and make sure you follow all the great shows cfpodnetwork.ca uh also before we go here this episode is also brought to you by the alberta podcast network uh, a new show to check out this week is the let's do coffee podcast presented by nate's maji center uh, each interview is with an entrepreneur about their challenges questions fears and successes as they run their companies so you can check out let's do coffee and all the other great shows at alberta albertapodcastnetwork.com I actually picked that one Kwaku because I figured that's a podcast you could go on someday because you're that that entrepreneur kind of guy that could uh, just you know you have all these new brands and ideas and I would love to hear uh, how you kind of started and where you went from and maybe we'll have to have you on this show to talk about that but uh, I I think that suit that's right up your alley appreciate it appreciate it appreciate it yeah um Business is something I always, I've always had a passion for, so um, I appreciate it. Appreciate the kind of words, Andrew. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, thanks for doing this, man. This was awesome, and uh, we love having you on. We love the laughs. Uh, we we love uh, chatting with you all the time. And uh, I know the commission. I I know we can't say too much, but we got to see you recently for a, a, a little special event coming up for the for the Elks, um, and it was awesome to see you, man. I mean, that, that was probably, that was that moment of this uh, almost normal, um, just being able to hang out and chat with you. And so, um, thank you so much for coming back on and, uh, and we love having you on, but tell everybody where they can find you and where they can find Sacks for Racks and, and keep up with where you're at. Yeah, just check out Sacks for Racks, um, Sacks for Um, and just keep, keep in touch. Uh, ask questions, uh, pretty much. Yeah, that's about it. But I just wanted to thank you for having me on the show. Um, it's always a blessing just to sit back and just, um, talk about just football, talk about CFL, talk about anything really. So, um, and thank you guys for support. And that extends out to all the fans that are also watching. So, um, thank you guys for always supporting the team and, uh, and supporting me if you do support me. Absolutely. Of course they do. Of course they do. <laughs> How can anybody not support a hula hoop? Uh, okay. Super fan, Super fan Mike. And it was rated E. Oh, yeah. For everyone. Rated, rated E for E. Yeah, okay. That's, uh, that's what Commissioner does every time. Oh, I don't know where that one came from. Anyway, Super Fan Mike, where does everybody find you? Oh, I can never follow that up. Uh, you can find me at 56 Parkies. And you can find the history and the uh, horde segments at Edmonton History. That's at E-D-M-H-I-S-T-O-R-E-E. Like I said, it's very close to a song. It's fantastic. It almost is. Yep. Missioner? Uh, On the Twitterverse at Duchess Lombardi. 
Twitterverse. Ooh, look at that. That's exciting. Uh, <laughs> you always come up with a new one every time. I do appreciate that. Uh, make sure you're following our good friends at Pay It Forward with Football. Uh, they, of course, are finishing up with the Stuff a Wallet campaign. Uh, Want to make sure that we get some donations and make someone else's Christmas a great Christmas. Um, so check them out uh, on Twitter and on their uh, website. And of course, you can join in the huddle with us at the Turf District. Uh, we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, we would love to hear from you and chat more. Um, we are going to be back next week, and it'll be our season wrap-up show. It's everyone's favorite show, uh, other than this one, of course, because Quaku is Quaku. Uh, but uh, we will welcome <laughs> back uh, the 630 Ched boys, uh, Dave and Morley, uh, back in to wrap up this season, uh, talk a little bit of off-season, and we know, uh, or we don't know, but there's, there might be a chance that we're talking about a new GM and head coach at that point because we know that they wanted to get that done before Christmas. So uh, next week, next Monday night, join us for that conversation. It's going to be amazing. Uh, and so uh, we will be back on right around 8 o'clock as per usual. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, also... Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you. And if you're not, why aren't you? Please subscribe to the channel and uh, join us every Monday night for a chat. Uh, before we leave tonight, I, I do just want to send out um, some thoughts to a couple of our good friends, um, yes. Tyler and Bill. And um, that's a tough one for me, but I do want to send out our best thoughts to both of them. And I'm hoping that they're doing better. Um, so for Quaku, Commissioner K and Superfan Mike, I'm Andrew. Remember, you can't catch footballs with your face and we will absolutely talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.